Welcome to Happy Path Programming. I'm Bruce Eckel. I'm James Ward. Today we have Jonas Bonaire, who is the CEO of Lightbend and longtime good friend of mine, who I got to work with for about a year and a half, which was amazing, and I loved it. So it's really fun to have Jonas joining us. He's also the creator of Akka, uh, which is amazing technology um, that we'll dive into. But welcome, Jonas. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'm happy to be here and really, really, really good to, to see some friendly faces again. <laughs> yeah, that is a really nice thing. It is good to see your face. I think the last time I saw you was, I think, at the um, Java Zone in Oslo or something like that a couple of years ago. Maybe that was. I actually think place. it was J Focus. I thought so. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yep. we went out to dinner there, I think. That's uh, right, we went out to dinner we, there. That was, yeah, with Ryan and some other people. Yeah, and it was. Yep. Uh, Oh, when was that? It was wonderful. three years ago or something. Was, I know. Yeah. I missed those I'm days. Biased. Hopefully we get back to that soon. So I have a question because you are a technical person. Mm. Despite heavily, the CEO title. Heavily. Well, that's that's the question. <laughs> and it's like you see this happen where somebody who has this strong technical background is elevated to CEO, which isn't really a technical position, but what are the um benefits and downsides of that that kind of promotion because it seems like you can make decisions with that strong technical background but now you're kind of isolated in the sea level and you don't get to program which is arguably your strong suit True, true. I mean, I think no one's really born CEO. I think everyone grows into it, regardless of which function they have, you know. And I, I think in, in, in technical companies, it's not, first, it's not that unusual to have a, te like a, a, a technical CEO. And, uh, um, you know, I'm not saying that it doesn't work to have a business-oriented CEO, but I think, I think it, it, it can actually work quite well for in, te in technical companies because it's, you know, it's it's about the product and, and and understanding the vision and where the company needs to go in the market. It's 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 harder for a business, um, you know, level CEO to uh, to understand uh, how to first understand the technical market, where to take the company strategically, but also how to position it well among others and among competition, and and to to how to talk to you know investors and 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 the board and 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 come you know partners and customers you know uh, which well, all in some ways your customers are developers and yeah, so exactly. so all you can talk to developers because you are a developer and you understand developers which definitely one of the challenges that i think that a lot of businesses have that are targeting developers who the management and marketing and all those other functions they're not developers and well really and plus developers. there's a trust factor it's like if somebody who's a business person comes along and says, you will, you developers, trust me, right. you will like this product. And, yeah. uh, and it's that like, no, hurt. I don't trust them because yeah. they don't know anything about this. Whereas if you come from that technical background, it's like, oh, I know what you've done and uh, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I feel that's a really strong point. And there's there's some credibility in coming into companies, uh, talking to te to technical people, and and when it when you when it comes to the other areas, you know, I need I simply need help. You know, I I, I, I in 10, 15 years, if I continue doing this, I might not need as much help. But now I you know can honestly say I need a lot of help on the 
the business side and, and also on the operation side, which is like why I'm really happy to, to now work with the, with the great COO that helps me running that part of the business. So we Sushila. start having really good, yeah, yeah Sushila. Oh, she and, is, and, and, yeah. she is just we, the we best. I think we, we, we complement each other well. You know, I can, I can we focus on the, on the technical strategy, the, the, you know, the bigger picture, talking to customers and, as I said, you know, partners and stuff. And and you know leading the teams and 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 uh, around that rally support around where we're going and and she can help with the you know the with the more business oriented things. So, and the few times yeah. that I met her, I feel like she would probably be pretty easy to work with too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we work really really well together. We were we, we worked together for ten for ten years, so we we know where each other each, each other's strength and we and we and weaknesses, you know, and mm. and. Uh, I want to hear a little bit about the history of Lightbend. Um, I, I, you know, I know some of it from my time there, but uh, but just run us through how how it all started and and the the transitions that you've made and products and some of that. Sure. Um, yeah. So it's you know I need to go back a long time. It started out. Uh, you know, I was um, I was doing consultancy for myself. You know, I I I'd worked at companies like BA Systems and and the, the, you know the J Rocket team. I worked at Terracotta, tried to do distributed computing. You know, in the most seamless way. And and then after after all of that, I, I my my strong area was sort of concurrent systems, distributed systems, and and I was doing a lot of con- consultancy here in here in Sweden, or, you know, different companies around that. And 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 uh, I got sort of a little bit let down, I would say, or a little frustrated by sort of state of the art of of, of, of of platforms and libraries and tools how to how to do this. That said, you know, I was the context is that I was I was was mostly working or actually exclusively working on the on the on the JVM, and and uh, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in the JVM, absolutely. When, but but when it came to distributed systems, you know, you had you had, you had Corby and then you had EJBs and then you have you know you know an RPC libraries and and it was. It was all okay, but it wasn't really. It didn't really pull it together in a simple fashion, and and I I started tinkering with other things like you know I I, get, I came came back to a language that I, that I really liked in in school Erlang, and and of course because you did school in Sweden you were taught Erlang yeah, exactly exactly so it's, because of Siemens is it yeah, Siemens and back that? then I hate I sort of hate I sort of hated it you know I was I, immature I didn't. I thought, I, I, I thought this, this this syntax was really clunky and stuff, but it's because I sort of rediscovered that and 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 most and, and you know most importantly rediscovered the actor model. It felt like you know this is this is, too, this is really too good to be true. You know, it's like it's like the, the perfect model for building the di- distributed systems. It's it's the most honest way of of, of of abstracting over distributed systems to really bring in. All the challenges in making them first class instead of trying to hide them. That was the big, big revelation for, for, for me. That is, most other tools, you know, in DGBs, you know, distributed objects, all these things, Corba, all, they all try to abstract by hiding complexity and, 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 then by, and then hiding, you know, the truth in a way. I mean, actually, the nature of the things can fail and messages cannot not reach their destination and yeah and that seems like a really important part of understanding abstraction because you are trying to hide complexity with abstraction to make things simpler but then if you hide the wrong thing then it makes it worse 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because EJB, there wasn't you. really an air model for this message may not be received, right? It's yeah. like exactly. exactly. So they, I mean, they that, hit that the wrong the, things. That's the that, that is the problem. It's you know, it's, it's um, if um, if you abstract the wrong the wrong things, you actually, I mean, for the for the happy case, it's 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 beauty. You know, it's just you know for hello world and all things you know presentation type of code. It's just it looks like amazing, you know, because there's no there's no oh, everything is abstracted, but it's abstracted away. <laughs> it's but like, as soon as look, you don't have to it. think about that. This thing may possibly fail when it's <laughs> like, but if I do need to think about that it might fail, then then what is it going to look like? What's my programming model going to look like? And yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And in and in that case, it's actually better to have those things exposed. Uh, mm -hmm. to, uh, and 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 I think the most honest way of doing it is is, is like the actor model does. You know, with this uh, fully autonomous components. You know, that communicate over messaging, uh, and messaging is async, and messages can not be delivered you know they can fail they can be dropped so you have that built sort of built into the model but instead it, it, so that might so then it sounds like that sounds like a downside but the good thing is that it, it adds on top of that a really good failure model how to actually deal with those situations so it's really all under your fingers and all, all easily understood and and can make it easier to build reliable systems really and and, yeah. and, and, and I also have to say you know the, the actually thing that I loved most was of course first the, the, the failure model but also that it's actually treated concurrency as an optimization that and what I mean by by that was that you know distribution was 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 first class so you had one model for, for communicating regardless if you were running in process running on multiple cores, Running on multiple nodes, running on multiple data centers, you know. So, so regardless, if you're if you're in the same machine doing distributed computing across cores, which is really distributed systems, it's just that we don't see it. Just lower latency distributed. Or, or if you do it on a global scale, it's the same programming model, you know. Yeah. While if you if you use other tools like you have you have to like use like threads or locks for doing concurrent programming. Then you need to like perhaps use RPC and you know, or like I don't know whatever it is you know multicast or whatever on a more on 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 a, on, a, on a bigger scale, it's like different tools for different types you know layers in this in this ladder of of of, yeah. of, of, of distribution. Whereas well, in the actor model, world, it's like the actor all, model you know? is the is the one way to do all essentially distributed or multi-core whatever computing. So could you possibly say that? the actor model is a generalization of communicating sequential processes it's 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 a it's a it's a sister or a, or a brother you can you can say I, I i the way i view it is that it's it's they're very similar the difference for a ways you, you can they're, they're different views about the same problem but they they are sort of exposed to the program differently i i like i like i like both but i like what I like about actress is, is is the thing that it makes distribution the thing, and 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 um, and local communication is just you know a result of making sort of picking the most generic general abstraction for the job. It just works, you know. While 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 CSP is mostly it doesn't have you know distribution built in in that sense. Right. You know. Right. Uh, it's and, a... and, and and you know the key thing here why it, it, it does that is that you actually have these autonomous. Uh, addressable components, and since they're addressable, they can run anywhere. So, for a, for a, for if I send a message to you, I'm just sending it to your address. And address is this abstraction. And wherever you might run, 
wherever that address might point right now, I don't have to care about, you know, and that means that 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 you can actually move around. I mean, you can fly over to Seattle or where, where, wherever, you know, just talk, talking to this address and the message get relayed to, to where you happen to be, which is which is really really, really, really beautiful and makes it very, very easy to, to conceptualize so systems. I find that whatever um, uh, concurrency mechanism, you know, because there's a bunch of them, whatever you look at, it's always seems to have strengths and then weaknesses or limitations. So what would you say the actor model's limitations are? The actor model limit, limitations, yeah, it's... it's uh, uh, it's composability, I would say. You know that that that's that's the main thing that that, that comes up uh, that people, especially people coming, I should say, only people coming from functional programming. That's been that's been sort of understand. People coming from oh, they're they don't care because they don't have composability anyway. Exactly, exactly. I mean, oh, well, they think it's business as usual. You, you I mean, you simply can't put topics together anyway. Right. You, know, you have to delegate and all these things. Right. But but it's. Uh, uh, but, but but for people coming from functional programming that used to work with functions, it's 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 really it's really clumsy. Uh, uh, it's not a direct model yeah, for and, taking two and, actors and creating a new actor that that does, combines those. Because the actors. whole point of the actor is that it's completely independent. Yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. And yeah. another thing also that that many actor implementations lack that we actually added to Aka, you know just a few years back, you know, and didn't have from the beginning is types. Hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, that you that you only have a type any or yeah or or whatever you want to call it, depending on the language. You know, that's the top type because an 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 actor can take any message. And 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 uh, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to have to do that. It should actually since that the actor can actually be be seen as just a a function, sort of be a behavior that can actually have a type. That can only accept messages of a certain type, of a certain type hierarchy. So that's something that we added in Aka in what is called Aka type. I have not used the Aka type stuff yet, and I really need to because it'd be interesting for me to experience that. Wasn't there one of the kind of fundamental issues with doing type to actor stuff was that an actor can like become a different type or something like that, and that kind of made the model of typed actors challenging? Yeah, it's it's. It's really one of the most powerful things, you know, that, that an, an, an actor can sort of redefine his behavior for the next message. It, it can act, it, it sort of can accept a message like, uh, 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 and it, it, okay, let me, let me like explain it better. You know, it's really, the way I've seen it, see it it's, really, it's really like a state, a state machine. So it can move, depending on which message comes in, it, it has it up. The option to move to different state, and and in the in this in in the state machine, and by doing so, it can choose to accept a different set of messages. So that means that if a message, a late arrival of a message comes in, and now you redefine the behavior of the actor. Uh, for for example, you know you you might have a component that has an init state. It can only take like start, and then it it and it, it sort of redefines the behavior to become started. And then you can you can do a bunch of stuff, build a regular business logic, and it might have stopped. And then it, and if you send a stop message, it, it gets into stopped. And then there might be end of it, or you might be able to restart it by, by accepting a, re, a start message. But you yeah. know, but that means that you there can't are convey that, that like runtime 
runtime semantics of what the allowed messages are yeah. at runtime because it's changing at runtime. You can't mm -hmm. convey that in a static type. Exactly. System. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very like, dynamic. It's 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 hard. There is some research being done uh, uh, here, you know, in this area using session types, but it's, it's it's really it's really nothing that I have dig deep into. I know some people in the ACA community have, like Roland Kuhn and others. Uh, uh, so we don't we don't have them, but you know, there are ways of 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 doing that. Uh, uh, so contextualized typing in a way, but but it's. Mm. Uh, uh, but I think just having types and, and having types in this redefined behavior, because archetype still allows you to redefine the behavior, but, but you have that in a typed way, and that means that you can do a lot of interesting things anyway. So, but it's not the full power of, of, of everything you can do with types, you know, that some you know functional programming or geeks love. So it's, yeah. it is a compromise still. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of people love more pure functional programming and then with some added co co concurrency to it. Uh, it feels a lot to well i'm i'm kind of slowly developing a model of what small talk was about but this seems like it has a lot of that stuff because you know the lnk eventually came out and said well it's actually about sending messages yeah and not about the whole object thing but still the way I see small talk is that the emphasis was on we want to build systems fast so if you have an object that does some things we'll you know, we'll build on top of that and then you can send any message to any object and it will tell you at runtime whether it can accept that message. It sounds very similar to this. Yeah, um, it, it's a way, it's possible to like like duck typing in a way, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but it's not the way I would re recommend things. You know, I would, I would, you know, I always tell people that you should think about actors, you know, doing one thing and one thing well, then you should you have, you know, specific hierarchy of messages and then and, and have, you know, ideally use types if you can. And, and and um, you know that will uh, you know then you won't run into any 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 problems really so anyway you know we didn't re i don't think i connected the dots you know so so i found erlang and i ended up with creating aka you know which which we've already talked talked about so, so and when you when you created aka it turned out to be java, right so, sorry when you created aka it was just for java yeah no it, yeah exactly it was it was implemented using scala because oh, I, I, I had used Scala, you know, for for quite a few years back then, already. Uh, started using it in two thousand five, I think, something quite early, and and uh, reasonably early, and 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 um, I started Akka in two thousand nine, where I did I shipped the first release in two thousand nine. So so Akka is built in Scala. It was like the perfect language on the JVM to build these type of things. But all my clients use Java, you know. So most people don't realize that I. Akka first had a Java API, and then I, I felt like, of course, I need a Scala API, and started adding that. And then it grew out of the Scala community to more of a, you know, being embraced more heavily there. Uh, but uh, you know, in life, so, and honestly, you know, today we have a majority of Java developers still. It's about hmm. probably sixty forty or something from Java versus Scala. In terms of customers, yeah, you're, in terms of customers, yeah. 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 So you so you created Akka and you were doing consulting around it, uh, but then at some point there was a um, a, a merge or something with with Martin and the yeah. company behind yeah. Scala. So run us through how that all transpired. Sure, sure. It was it was actually funny. You know, I was I was I was, I was speaking about Akka at a, at a, I think it was Q QCon in London, and Martin came up and said, "Hey, do you want to go and grab a coffee?" And I of course I was 
to be starstruck there. You know, I knew him. He was like this world, you know, this world class, you know, famous language designer. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was fun to have him. But I mean, we he was you know really humble and open, and and he and he with you know we immediately felt that there was there's something here. You know, he wanted you to. He had a really strong urge also to not just build the best language, but build one for this new emerging uh, language that's really great for this new emerging set of applications that we're starting to see, you know, and when multi, like multi-node and multi-core were really a thing. It was really before people started calling cloud, but it was clear that, you know, distributed systems and being the need to write effective and, write, and correct even more important uh, uh, concurrent systems was important. So. So, so that's why you know he felt that Aka could be a great fit. So we joined forces there, and then we took some investment and and uh, formed TypeSafe at the time in two thousand eleven. And uh, one of the companies was called Scalable Solutions. Was yeah, that, that was that, that was that was mine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that so, was yours. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then did and Martin and have Martin, a, have a company yeah. that behind Scala? Did he have a company? Yeah, that, he, had a, he had a company called Scala Solutions. So it was Scala, Scala Solutions. That's right. So Scala Solutions and Scalable Solutions, scalable yeah. solutions merged yeah. into TypeSafe. Into type safe, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so that was that and, was that was fun. That was fun days. It's, it feels like a long so time ago. One of the other things about Aka was, I think, um, uh, I want to say back pressure. Um, oh, the yeah, reactive. The reactive. The reactive manifesto. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I never. I mean, I I haven't like completely integrated that. It was like, how would you? describe the problem that you're solving there. Run us down yeah. the, the four traits of the reactive manifesto. Or it doesn't oh, yeah. have to be that, maybe your own your own perspective. When I was at TypeSafe was when when we uh, came up with the reactive manifesto. Yeah, yeah. You know, James helped me a lot with that as well. You know, it's like it's uh it's and first I just I need to say, you know, there's there's two things, you know. I mean there's we started, you know, the reactive manifesto is something we started to try to educate people how to build this new class of application that could be concurrent or distributed, you know, sort of bring bring these things together. A lot of, you know, we learned a lot from uh, Erlang and, you know, and, you know, Pat Hell and, the, you know, tandem systems and, you know, standing on the shoulders of giant there, but trying to just conceptualize it in a very simple framework you might say how you could think about these new these new types of systems and that had you know uh, message passing at, as a fundamental is a fundamental underlying primitive you know that enabled resilience elasticity and response and responsiveness you should go to reactive manifesto.org if you're if I'm, I'm telling the audience i'm sure you you you, you guys have seen it uh, signed it <laughs> uh, yeah but but anyway so so that was you know a, a way to try to create a common vocabulary how to talk about these systems because it was clear when I when I was there out there talking with, with different communities, they all wanted the same, but they had different ways of talking about it and different ways of, 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 of looking at, the, at it. So I felt like you know, having some sort of common ground here is, is would be important. And and also just sort of a you know called call for call for arms. You know, we we're on this together, we need to understand how to build for this new emerging cloud and how, how what is the best way. From a programming model perspective, only when you design applications and things like and things like that. But but I just so then, want to, want so back to when out. the back when the reactive manifesto was was written, the word reactive was not 
super commonly used yeah. and it's been really interesting to see now like you, if you watch josh long talk about spring boot like it's you know reactive 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 and so mm -hmm. the world has really made this huge transition towards reactive over the last i don't know six ish years or so and it's been yeah. been cool to see lightbends uh, and type safe at the time's impact on on that direction and really making reactive an important thing but let me see if i can because, okay, what has been forming in my mind is that the essence of reactive is a way to make sure that things don't overflow. Yeah, but I was, yeah, so so this is a common misunderstanding, you know, it, and or it's, it's not, I would say misunderstanding, it's a confusion of, of terms, rather, you know, so, so, so I want to, so if I should try to explain what we try to do with reactive manifesto. And, and, and with the reactive systems, as we talked about, it's a way to look at systems programming more holistically. Distributed systems, multi-different multi parties can be connecting systems, more, more, more the bigger type of the, of, the, of the design, but something that also worked, you know, as, as we talked about, if you use the right abstractions, they also work in the smaller types of designs, you know, all the way from concurrency all the way to globally distributed systems. What are the... The, the patterns and the practices that, that can bring all this together. At the same time, you know, there was a there was a sort of a trend coming uh, 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 you know, coming out of, of of functional reactive programming that was FRP. You know, that 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 had a really strong focus on on, on flow control, and and that led us to create so sort of, sort of the the reactive streams specification it's called reactive streams yes i think there's like two umbrellas there's yeah. there's the reactive systems umbrella and then there's the reactive streams umbrella and exactly. they have a lot of common traits across those yeah i mean one is a subset of the other i mean you know, reactive streams is a, is a great tool to build for reactive systems so so right. so there's not like either or or, or or wrong or right or or or, or us and them or like it's just, it's just one tool out of many reactive tools trying to build reactive systems, if that makes sense. So reactive streams was extremely successful. We, you know, it's a, it was originally I think it was Victor Klang at, that actually started it, and he did a lot of work in pulling together great people from many different companies. You know, Oracle. We have Dog Leah there. You know, from from university. We have Netflix. We had you know, Facebook. We had. Um, yeah, we had a V. Was it? There was all yeah, Red anyone Hat doing and, and, anyone and, doing and like Pivotal. Yeah, we we had all the all the important companies in the anyone in doing streaming stuff was is, streaming. was involved in the in the reactive stream. We to create this really simple specification on how you should do flow control uh, in a standardized way, which meant that if you if you built a, a, a library that had anything to do with streaming. And you implemented that reactive stream specification, uh, you could you could be guaranteed that it could be composed with other libraries created by other vendors, and, and sometimes even actually other languages because people have ported this over to other languages, and they will just compose nicely. So 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 you wouldn't get you know things starting to break when you when you had things cross systems or cross libraries. But every, so let me see composed. if if I can. I, I always try and go for the core simple. So it seems like, all right, if I want to create a system where some component says, okay, I'm getting too much stuff right now, it needs to be able to talk to whoever is giving it the stuff. And that thing needs to be able to uh, say, oh, 
okay, I'll slow down or something like that. So exactly. every component in the system has to be able to have that, I don't know, interface. Signaling. Signaling mechanism yeah, and, and signaling. respond to it. Yeah. Otherwise, if one component doesn't, then the whole system doesn't work. Exactly. And the opposite, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have nothing to do here. I mean, feed me more stuff. You know, I mean, it's like it's, it's like this constant handshaking and negotiation of all the of the rates. You can say, I mean, give me more or please slow down. And mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I think that's key in order to build resilient systems that you can actually get mm -hmm. this sort of steady state, which which sometimes can vary. You know, depending on how many resources you currently have available, how many users are currently you know hitting you, etc. So, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, okay, so so that was um, reactive manifesto, reactive streams, which were huge innovations. And I think one of the themes that I think about with Lightbend is that you all have like led the way in so many different different charters. You know, initially with functional programming in Scala and distributed systems with Akka, and then with all the reactive stuff. And now, as a company, you're moving on to I think the next innovative phase, which is around Akka serverless. So tell us, run us down on Aka Serverless and and what the this this next innovation that in six years it's just going to be normal and everybody's going to be doing it. Um, but you're you're there today. So what is it? Okay. What yeah. Sure. Sure. So so you know we we pulled together this 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 you know this this platform uh, around Aka uh, still Aka you know and no no and no 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 Serverless. I just want to explain how we got to where we are and and you know and for the last ten years a lot of customers have used that mainly large customers. That, that has the you know need for rock solid availability systems that can never stop, never fail, uh, or or never have any downtime. They always fail, you know, but they, they shouldn't be down for that just because of that. And and really a lot of scale and 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 things like so. That, that that's what sort of attracted people to Akka. That said, you know, I uh, some criticism of, of to ourselves is that it's it's it can be sometimes a little bit hard to build systems using the actor model because it's so honest and it's so it's it's so true to to the complexity so i wouldn't say you know you can argue about this of course but in my opinion it's not really it's actually essential complexity it's not accidental complexity it's like needed complexity because it's just it's the complexity of the of the world that we are trying to build systems for you know distributed systems is hard that's why it's hard to build distributed systems. You know, it's like it's, it's, <laughs> it's a tautology, I think. <laughs> uh, and, and and it's and it's, uh, but it, but it can it can still be sometimes overwhelming, especially if you also have to you know pull in the infrastructure and manage all the infrastructure on how things put you know work there. Even though Kubernetes has done a great and amazing job here, it's still hard to pull all of these pieces together and build systems for this. And 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 the, and the biggest. You know, problem is what most people love about Akka is that it gives you all the options in the world. You know, you can do anything with it, and 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 you can do it in any way you want. You know, so there's too many choices, too many decisions, and if you know exactly what you want, that's 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 a goldmine. You can get exactly as much of performance as you want. You know exactly where the trade-offs are, what you're sacrificing to get what you want, etc. You know. Uh, but if if you don't want to do that or don't want to learn that or and or just you might know it but don't want to be slowed down by these decisions you know then 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 Aka serverless is really the next you know step towards that because it really makes the most out of the cloud. creating a more constrained into the cloud sorry 
it's creating a more constrained world so that it's easier to learn, easier to build things for specific use cases on. And exactly. I guess we didn't talk a whole lot about Aka streams, which is, I think, an, uh, another another one of these where you've taken the Aka foundation with Aka streams and you've built this stream processing framework on, on top of it. So it's a more constrained world, but still built on top of that foundation of Aka. And I love Aka streams. I use it on a number of projects and, um, but yeah. so anyways, back to Aka serverless. So you've done yeah, this, we, we this thing where you've constrained the world. Streams, you know, um, or if, 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 if I should say anything about Aka streams, you know, is that it, what it did was adding, Streaming in it in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a typed way, and it's I like that you actually pull it in here because it was our our first you know attempt in abstracting over the actor model because Aka Streams is just actors pulled together in a fully type safe way uh, with with flow control between them. So it's really like a DSL for doing streaming that makes that makes most out of, of out of the actors you know all the failure management all all the distribution everything that's we love about actors but you'd never see that you just see this DSL because because we we try to do the best get get the best tool for that specific problem and, and in a way Aka, Aka serverless is, is is a little bit like that you know first is of course serverless and well, what does that mean that means it runs in the cloud it's pay as you go. You subscribe to to it. You just upload your code in a way, and, and you just you never see the servers. So and 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 you just pay for as much usage as you as you want. And 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 everyone loves loves that, of course. Uh, well, not everyone. You know, some people want to get probably squeeze the most out of the out of the system. They perhaps you know rather do it themselves. But most people feel like that's that's like a relief. So Aka Serverless is really an, a, a programming model that. In that realm, so to speak, with it in that experience that you don't have to see the servers, you don't have to think about any ops really. It's all on us. And, uh, but what it what it really does is exactly as you, as you said, it sort of it, it takes all this great stuff we've done the last ten years on Aka in building these amazingly scalable systems with millions of actors concurrently, literally millions, you know, and 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 and, and uh, scale to whatever, and with rock solid availability, and it and it reduces. The options it reduces the decisions. It's so it's not a tool for everyone. You know, you, you you would not create, I guess, like high frequency trading type of application on this. Of course not. You know, but it, but it's but most most systems I think it is very suitable for uh, the things that you would naturally run in the cloud anyway. So, and and it and it does that by by by. Uh, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about how it, how it does it, but, but you let's know, talk about. Let's talk about the domain, the domain problem that that it primarily is targeted at around state and database, sure. database lists, or yeah. I think you call it database lists. But yeah, let's talk a little yeah, bit about that, and then we could talk a little about the underlying stuff too. Yeah, sure. So uh, it is a it is a like a, like a contract first or API first approach where you where you where you where you start out by by defining. Uh, 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 your public API. I mean, how should you interface with the outside world? Uh, 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 what what commands and events, you know, and uh, requests, responses, if you want to talk about it like that, it's, uh, uh, um, should you should you respond to? Uh, and 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 uh, essentially, sort of three things that, that that you define in this in this in this uh, sort of schema, you might say. You know, that's now in protobuf, but we might add others. You know, we talked about adding an open API later and might be other, other, 
other formats you can do this. But it's really, really it's de de declaratively yeah. defined how you communicate with the outside world and how you communicate like internally through, through eventing. And also, the most important thing, what your domain state looks like. What does your, essentially your domain model and, 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 and how you think about domain state. So you, you model that declaratively in this schema, so to speak. And, and, and then thirdly, you define, you know, what kind of how it's semantics, essentially. How should you work with this state? And, 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 we, and, and through, 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 through that, we, we provide different state, what we call state models. Because we believe that it's not really one size fits all when it comes to states. State is really at the heart of distributed systems. It's the hardest thing that we why, why a lot of you know products ignore it, including yeah. current serverless. Current serverless is stateless. They're sort of pushing the problem of state. Make state somebody else's problem. Yeah, makes it some someone else's problem exactly. Yeah, and, but and, uh, in so, Aka Serverless, you said, no, state is the problem that we need to deal with. Yeah, state exactly. is the hard thing. And can we create a programming model that makes distributed state first class easy and, yeah, something that something that is not um, – you can just punt on this problem, which I think most people do, mm -hmm. or you can use something like Spanner. Uh, yeah. To to deal with distributed state, and there's a couple other options out there. Fauna, right, is another mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, going further to to the state models that Aka Serverless has. Yeah, so so I think you know different di 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 different types of state has ideally, I'd say, different type of of, of needs. You know, it, it has different guarantees in terms of how consistent it needs to be, how available it needs to be. How, how if it needs to be durable or if it's fine with like being replicated in memory, all of these things, you know, essentially, you know, boiling down to like throughput, latency, performance, and consistency and, and correctness. So, so all these are trade-offs. And if, and if you only have one way of solving and then pushing it down to like a, like a SQL database, then you have the strongest guarantees, but you have to pay that price for all your state regardless if you need it or not. So, so we, we were thinking, okay, instead, we should provide you with state models that sometimes give you that strong consistency if you need it, but also other options that doesn't have that, but have more headroom for scale and, and that can be made more available. Because, you know, if, if you have a single database, even if it's, if it's you know, if it's, if, it's, uh, rep, 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 if it's replicated, it can still be a single point of failure because the network might go down and it's not available right now, or it might bottleneck because it's just too much data that have to be you know go in and out of it con 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 constantly so so it's not always good to have one just one tool for the for the for the job so so we have a you know a, now currently three different state models but i'm sure we'll add more later but the idea is that to give you like state a la carte or consistency a la carte in a way uh, to choose the best the best job tool for the for the job uh, but I think the biggest innovation that we have is like is that we're not, as you alluded to, uh, we're not just serverless, but we also completely abstract storage. We abstract the database, and we and we talk a little bit about it. You know what we call it is like some corny name, probably database less. I don't know, uh, yeah. but but it it, it 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 tries to you know paint the picture of that is it's like serverless, but it's the next step. You know, certain you know, it, it, you serverless and stateless, like serverless, or state serverless and stateful, and a database in a way today. Like, so you still see the database, and you have to interact with the database through APIs, 
but but in ACA serverless, it's all declaratively configured, and we just deal with it for you and replicate it for you, store it for you, making sure that it's always available, always in process where you, when you need it, you never have to go and fetch. It's always just there. It's like like it's like persisted in memory in a way. Yeah. So it sounds kind of like, um, well, I keep thinking of Python has this concept of generators, and basically it's a function, and then when you call yield, it stops the function, it produces a result, and then you can restart the function later, and the state of that function is maintained. But where would you store that kind of state when you're dealing with the serverless system? Like, do you yeah, just... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 similar absolutely so you can just and, and and you can literally do that you know you can suspend the component you know in process you know and 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 then resume it and it will just its state will just be there and it will just continue and 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 and, and during this process it might actually have been re relocated somewhere else because that's you know how we how we adaptively have have tried to optimize things so it doesn't need to run on the same node even and and you you ask about how that I would you know that my answer is that depends it depends on the on this on the state model for example we have uh, uh, you know what we call replicated and you know entities in in which means that it's it's just in memory state replicated to whatever you know number of of entity of of, of of nodes you 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 want so it's so it never written out to durable storage but it's not durable sorry. Yeah. But if it's never written out in that case to durable storage, exactly. it just exists and in memory, but it's distributed across many nodes. So as exactly. long as all your nodes don't go down, you're okay. Exactly, exactly. So and 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 that's it's just one state model okay. for that. But you know, by the way, we're we're using conflict-free replicated data types. You know, CRDTs, as a lot of people uh, uh, might know about, and and that's great for things when you don't need like things that are not your domain state, for example, you know, things like where you just want to do some coordination between components, where you perhaps want to do some counting between components, when you want to agree upon something, more, more like scratch scratch data, like I used to talk, like 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 to talk it, to, to, talk, to talk about it. While derived, state, like so derived, um, derived state. So if you're counting the number of likes on a post or something like that, and in this model, you will have the log of everyone who clicked like, and so you can derive that count, and you can you can then have that easily queryable. So you could reconstruct it. You if, could reconstruct if it. everything settled down and went away. You yeah. could go back and reconstruct it. Exactly. Exactly. But 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 for example, for for a classic domain state, the things that you will naturally put in in a, in a, in, a, in a database, you know, that's not what I would use. That's not the state model I would use for that. For that, I would probably personally use event sourcing, and that's another state model that we have, where you simply log all the events coming, so you can always reproduce your 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 current state by just replaying the event log. And you know, event sourcing has a lot of other advantages as well. You know, rock solid auditing, at least super easy to do replication because just replay the log. All of these really good, really good and easy to do integration because you have other components subscribe to your event log, your components event log, and, and just you know get the the updates as they come in, etc. So right? and, and the good thing are... is that, or, or the, I just want to say that the big difference here is that that is strongly consistent. While the replicated entities are fully eventually consistent, you know, so you have complete, two completely different consistency semantics between these, between yeah. these two. Sorry, and 
people have been using these different state models for, I don't know, maybe a decade at this point, like event sourcing. And I don't know if CRDTs are that old. Uh, CQRS is being kind of an extension on top of event sourcing. So people have been using these state models. But the problem with them is that it's been, it's taken rocket scientists and like really <laughs> much smarter than me engineers to build these types of systems because there wasn't a good foundational programming model to build on top of to get these benefits that you get from event sourcing and CRDTs. And so for me, one of the most interesting things about Akka Serverless is that it makes these state models accessible to a developer like me. And that's, that, that's it has a programming model, it has a developer experience around it that makes it much more accessible. And that's what's been super exciting about the Akka Serverless stuff for me. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate to hear that. You know, that's, that's our intent to try to, and, and uh, it, it, we, have, we haven't said that, but you know, what we have done, we, since we're based on this schema, we can actually generate code for any, almost any language. So we're, we're fully polyglot. So if you happen to like you know, Java or, or JavaScript or Rust or Go or you know, .NET or- I used or, Kotlin for, for mine and that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, Kotlin and you know, so, then et cetera. So, I mean, whatever you like, it, it's, it's, it's likely that it, can, it, it either is already supported or it will be, or it will be supported very soon. Uh, I, I, just, I also need to explain, you know, some people might ask, okay, all this sounds very complicated, so why can't it just use a database? And that's, and that's I, I, since I get that question a lot, I feel like that's, I just have to like to address it. You know, that it's, if, 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 I say, if you're, um, you know, if your needs are that you don't need the you know you know the 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 latency and the throughput or and the performance and the uptime that 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 uh, uh, you, you know so, so a database is is sufficient then absolutely you know that's a, that's something that I, you can continue using. But the, I what, see what, what you're the, saying, like the beauty like, there there is a complexity to these state models and. A lot of people, I think, think, all right, it's too complex. I, there's not enough benefit for me uh, in this. And so um, so I'm just going to use a database. But I think they're not actually thinking through even the requirements that, that they should have in the systems that they build. So, for example, at some point, anybody that's doing anything with data is going to need to do... Uh, something like um, change data capture, some some way to take the, the changes that are coming in and do something with them. And change data capture with databases is just, it, it it's terrible. It's a terrible way to like deal with this problem. Whereas if you have a foundation of event sourcing or CRDTs, all of a sudden you have the foundation there. Mm -hmm. And when you need change data capture, you can then just drop down to that layer instead of having to try to bolt it onto your, your database later. So that's one example. Yeah. Another one is, I think it is just a terrible disservice to users that you have to like refresh a browser to see when the data has changed mm -hmm. on, on a web page or whatever it may be. It's just as sad that the only time, the only like real time database is Firebase. Like every database, every every data interaction should be real time, and everything should be a stream that exposes that data instead yeah. of the way that we've traditionally done it, where you query, you get the results. 
I think every web page should be live data to the underlying data that's the data stream that's actually changing. And yeah. when you try to build this on top of a database, a traditional database, you can't. It get it gets impossible. Yeah. Uh, just just like with change data capture. Yeah. You, uh, or yeah. any change data capture or any stream processing type of uh, scenario that you want to tag on to um, your your stream of data, essentially. Where if your fundamental underlying model is streams is a data stream and whatever state model you pick around that but if your fundamental model foundational model is that it's much easier to then build all of this stuff on top of absolutely so that's where i'm going to disagree with you i don't think i don't think a database is sufficient for most people i think that no. we just that we just haven't had the tools to make doing it the right way and doing it the better way available to us and so so it's easy to think that a database is sufficient but it's really not yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. You know, I just I just you know I just try to be you know started by being humble and say you know there 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 is a set of use cases where it could work, but you know I think I think you you really hit it on the nail here because I think the biggest you know essentially if you if you want to build real time applications where 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 in the in the most simple fashion you know and 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 where data is always available and always correct and always ready. You know, always right where you need it, fully co-located with the processing. You never need to go and fetch it when you get a request because it's always there. It's always available. It's always like I said. It's really not not, not actually really persistent memory. You know, effectively, it's very different from caching, where you where 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 there can be cache misses and 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 where you know you you have all the cache coherency problems and things like that. You know, with with the model of event sourcing, for example, your 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 service or record is really your in-memory state, and 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 it happens to be a mirror of that down in in the in the database or wherever it happens to be. You know that you can use when things fail or where you already need to integrate, as I said, by subscribing to it. But the actual service or record is right where you need it always. You know, so it's like zero latency. And, and, it just and is that, silly that in most of our traditional models, we we will requery the same data over and over and over again because we've got this like stateless middle tier. Whereas what you're saying is, no, let's just do that query essentially once and keep the query updated whenever there are changes to the underlying data. And let's keep that queried data right where you actually need it. Exactly. And it's exactly. it's a totally different model to think about for data, but I think it's so much better of a foundation. It allows us to build things that we actually need for distributed systems, for real-time systems, for all these uh, data processing, all that stuff on top of it in so much better of a way. Yeah, I, I really think so. And, and, you know, a lot of people talk about now the, you know, the, the, the edge, what, 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 you know, what that means, like pushing out more, more, more towards the edge and, 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 and you know, I think the cloud will eventually merge with the edge, and it will be you know one thing. Uh, and uh, I really believe that this model is 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 the future model for the edge because it's it's really about having state right out there where it's needed at all times, and having the underlying runtime or platform or fabric, whatever you want to call it, just ma making sure that it's always there and available and ready and correct 
and uh, uh, so you know, I think this is super exciting when you when you see what's going to come right, right just, just, like just around the corner with with things like five G, for example, with with like 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 points of presence right in your backyard, more or less, you know, and and this and 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 having you know, especially you know, if you're thinking ahead, you know, having apps that can really start make, make, like taking advantage of all this, then you simply can't afford going all the way back to your data center somewhere down to database there, fetch the data. It just needs to be wherever the action is. And 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 then you need something like what we're trying to build to build here. That said, we're building for the cloud now. And and uh, but I'm, we're also looking a little bit at the edge and how we can play there eventually, so to speak. Yeah. Well and it's cool that the the actor model and Akka can underpin the all of this and so you've got the higher level of abstractions but when you're just building for state you don't have to think about actors and how the coordination works and how the messages flow and how how air handling uh happens and retries and and moving data around and all that kind of stuff um it's all managed for you so it's it's nice to be at that higher level of abstraction for state um but that that the actor model can actually underpin it yeah, and 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 the you know the way we have sort of tried to abstract it, you know, is by as I said, by reducing options and by providing you know a, a simple SDK for whatever language you want to use. We essentially do most of the things declaratively, as, as we talked about. Actually, even the, the 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 views that we talked about, the queries that you can actually write them in SQL right in your schema, and we generate or whatever you know necessary things to to make that query that sort of materialized view always up to date. Uh, uh, but the only thing you know left for you to do is write your function, just like serverless today. You know, function meaning event in and event out, and now you have also state in and state out. You know, all all abstracted for you. So so it's actually it sounds like a lot of complex things we talk about here, but the interesting thing is that all of that is managed for you. You just essentially define your data, you define your events, and you and you write your function, and then. That should be it, you know. So, and your function being like your business logic, like exactly. what what uh, you got this message, what transformation or whatever do you need to perform on this message, or how do you, how are you going to update your state? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's, well, it's in a way it's it's very similar to actors in a way that you have these autonomous components that can run anywhere and then manage state and behavior, and they co-locate state and behavior. It looks very different from Akka, you know, and it looks very different from Erlang. But but it's still in underlying in you know at, at one level down is exactly what we talked about in this in the in the in the beginning it has its message passing you know eventing is essentially message passing you know in in, in a way it's like it's layered on top of message passing more or less and and it's and it's all you know have the failure model built in and all of these things it's just that you don't have to see it necessarily. Um, question on, I, I saw on a Twitter thread, somebody was kind of asking about how the initially the Akka serverless was related to cloud state, the kind of open source, open spec project or something like that. And they weren't sure about what the current kind of relationship between Akka serverless and cloud state was. So can you um, give me some Sure, <laughs> some sure. Yeah, 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 so cloud state was, was, a, was an open source project that we started uh, uh, sort of uh, that sort of you know I it, it started like this whole uh, you know thing you know uh, 
or, or, or all this work started with some ideas, you know, that we, I wrote a little article around, you know, we, we, and, and I, 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 had a, I had a talk at KubeCon about two and a half years ago where I, where I outlined some of these ideas, you know, and that led us to, uh, um, to start working on an internal project that later became an external project around just testing these ideas. And that was, that is, that was Cloud's day. So it was sort of a test bed for a lot of these interesting ideas, and and the intent back in the day was, you know, was was to was to see if 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 it's possible to to create, um, uh, in, you know, you know, well-defined protocols between languages, being able to abstract state in this way, etc., and 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 being able to to provide this to many different to many languages, so being fully polyglot. Uh, and also using using sort of a, 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 a Kubernetes sidecar architecture. You know that was sort of the framework for how that project started, and 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 uh, you know we got some some great uh, com contributions to that project quite early on. Uh, the community has really helped us build most of the SDKs, uh, if not uh, and all of them apart from Java and, and JavaScript. Actually, it's all, it's all have been built by the community around cloud state. Uh, it's been, you know, I feel, I feel a bit, you know, really bit, a little bit sad talking about it because, you know, we, we have simply not had the time to put in to, to the cloud state project to the level that I personally would ideally have liked to see, because, you know, the whole idea was not to build this open source project that that developer had to run themselves because that's not serverless. The serverless experience that someone runs it for you. So, so there's always been, been the idea to take cloud state and operationalize it and to run it as a service. And it was, you know, it simply hasn't been that we could, you know, invest as much in the open source project as I personally would have hoped because the act of building this platform to run it and, and to actually build the product to, for people to consume cloud state and the ideas around cloud state, you know, uh, has so that's been, been your very, very primary. Very consuming. That said, you know the product's not dead. I really, you know, I really hope that we will be able to get back to it uh, uh, once we launch. You know, it, it goes uh, 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 without saying that I said it's been a lot of work building up to the beta that we have right now, and, and we're aiming for a GA in 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 the in the fall. Uh, uh, and you know, we'll see what's going to happen then. You know, if, if we're going to have. More to feel like we're going to have more time with cloud state. But yeah. our our focus right now is to build the greatest service for for anyone for users, you know, to sign up and actually making use of it without having to run the service themselves. Which, if yeah. they use cloud state, they would have to do, you know. So cool. Uh, uh, That's helpful. Um, what else? Um, do you have any thoughts on business models around open source? Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting. Near and dear to Jonas's heart. Been doing been that for how long now? 14, yeah. 15 years. Yeah, too long. Uh, I, you know, it's it's been changing. You know, I've been as, as James said. You know, I've been trying to to do this for a very for a very long time. Uh, uh, you know, all the way out since like you know the the J boss days more. Or less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's right. uh, but anyway, you know, it's like. I, I think the model that JBoss, you know, I think it's a good starting point. The model that JBoss started, you know, with 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 uh, with what they call professional open source, was was of course groundbreaking back then, and 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 many companies have tried to do the same. 
and in, in, and and you know that later evolved to open core model, where you have open I like in some commercial IP, but still an open like an open core. Really, I mean, the open source was the core of it, was freely available, and you built sort of um, layers on top with commercial value. And and that was out of necessity because it was it was clear, uh, you know, we've gone through the same journey as well. We started as an as a, as a pure consultancy enablement uh, training on the open source company, but it was it was clear, you know, after three four years that that was really really hard to do. Uh, it was harder. It was a model than, that like worked for a little while. Spring tried to do it. I think you know it's really been getting harder and harder. So, so, so that's what in 2015, 16, we sort of embraced this open core model where we added, you know, some commercial IP to it and things like that. And that worked, you know, for, 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 for a while. It still, it still works, but I have to say that it's getting harder and harder. And the reason is that you, that you compete with yourself. If you have great open source, uh, uh, great quality, if it's rock solid, then people have started to become more and more comfortable doing self-support. And since we live on 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 subscribe, we make money on subscriptions on our platform and helping companies when things go bad uh, uh, more now than training and consulting that like we like we started with. Now it's more like a pure subscription based business. It's been getting very it's been it's been getting harder and harder because more and more companies have said are are becoming comfortable just saying no. We can deal with this, with this ourselves. We'll and, just file an uh, issue on GitHub. Yeah. And, the better and your the, software is, the worse position you are in business-wise. You know? <laughs> that's right. Aka is just too good, so people don't good. need subscriptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, see, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's more my more what my wife say and kids say. I mean, it's just add some bugs. Then I mean, how, how can it be so hard? You know, I mean, <laughs> and it is what it is. But but I think I think you know we start to see. Uh, to see uh, the light in the end of the tunnel, because I don't think open source, commercial open source, is dead. I just I just think that we it's starting to reshape and reform into as a service. Because I really believe that, you know, I've, I've said that for a long time. You know, it might not it might not be the the best analogy, but in a way, I'm, I've said for a long time that I would like us to be like like Netflix in a way, you know, providing the best service, creating and delivering value. I mean, not necessarily streaming movies, but some sort of great value. Uh, uh, it can be in infrastructure. It can be in programming multi-key. It doesn't have to be that either. It can be some, whatever value you as a company delivers to your users, that's what you monetize on. And then you can actually, you know, you know sort of get the, the best of both worlds by, as an artifact of building that value, you 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 can you know release open source and 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 build a community around just like Netflix did you know a lot, a lot around a lot of, of of really groundbreaking open source project you know they really got the best of both worlds they started to build a community around it getting bugs fixed you know getting getting the envelope pushed when it came to this libraries and the and and then the pro like Norix Java for example you know his histories many many great products. And and but 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 by not being dependent on making money on that, you know, it's not it's not being not sort of trying to cannibalize on their open source community. It's, uh, uh, so I think that's really the future of open source: building some great value, and still you know get all the benefits from open source by uh, that we see today. You know, I mean, I mean having great pool of developers to hire from, for example, having developers talk about your stuff at conferences. 
and getting you know help building the stuff that underlying your service that get, that sort of creates yeah. value. So now you you're as a company transitioning to having your cloud service be one of the primary ways that that you provide value to your users and customers and and that's exactly. Aka serverless and then also Aka platform piece mm-hmm. so people can also do the same thing uh, have a kind of managed environment for just Aka right yeah Aka I, mean, I, I really believe that I don't think open core is dead and that's not what I'm saying but it's getting harder and harder that's why but that's why I think more and more companies are are transitioning to to delivering things as a service and I think that's great for for developers consuming it because it's easier and it's and it's less you know, headaches, while it's actually easier to build a sustainable business. Yeah, and I think if you look at like Confluent and they've been on the same path as you all, and now their Confluent cloud service is doing really well and growing a lot, and and so and they they're able to provide a lot of value through Confluent yeah. Cloud as yeah. well. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, Jonas, so good to see you and hear about all the amazing things that you all are working on and, and doing. So, um, thanks a lot. Uh, really good to see you guys. I mean, I'm I'm I, I, I I'm losing my mind here just talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, it's really good to yeah. see. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get to see you in person sometime yeah. soon. So. Likewise, I'm really hope that we can you know we can get past this madness and really get back to business. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. we used to. So anyway, yeah. it was it, it was a good a good first step, I think. Thanks for inviting me, and I really pre- appreciate geeking out for a while. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, you can write some code this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jonas.